the LGB and T mobs unleash the morality-phobic monster. If you haven't been called it yet, surely you've heard it, the ubiquitous epithet transphobe. It's the evil spawn of homophobe. I don't mean those accused of being transphobes are evil spawns of homophobes. I mean the term transphobe is the evil spawn of the spurious term homophobe. In a recent opinion piece in the New York Times, British writer Juliette Jacques, a 38-year-old man who pretends to be a woman, claims, quote, Transphobia is a respectable bigotry in Britain, shared by parts of the left as well as the right, end quote. Jacques claims that there are two virulent strains of transphobia. One strain, quote, rejects the idea that gender might not be determined only by biological traits identifiable at birth, end quote. And the other strain, quote, argues that trans women's, that is, biological men's, requests for gender recognition are incompatible with cis women's, that is, normal women's, rights to single-sex spaces, end quote. Jacques claims that both strains, quote, rely on the conceit that trans and non-binary people should not determine their own gender identities, end quote. Translated from trans-tortured newspeak into plain English, Jacques is describing two groups of people, both still tethered to reality. The first group reject the idea that biological sex is subordinate to subjective feelings about sex in importance and in how it's treated in society. And the second group believe women have a right to private spaces free from the presence of biological men. For those not fluent in newspeak, gender identity refers to the subjective internal, or is it infernal? Oh, well, feelings of reality untethered people about their maleness, femaleness, both or neither. Jacques errs when claiming that both reality tethered groups believe trans and non-binary people should not determine their own gender identities. Generally speaking, reality tethered, biocentric people have no opposition to the reality untethered determining their own gender identities. The problem is the reality untethered are demanding that society treat their subjective feelings as if they have more importance than biological sex and accommodate their subjective feelings in radical ways that rob the reality tethered of their right to privacy and free speech. The reality untethered are demanding that in shared spaces, their subjective feelings about maleness and femaleness supersede biological sex. Those who believe that spaces like locker rooms or shelters and activities like sports should correspond to biological sex are being denied their right to determine their sex identities. And the reality untethered, bio-rejectors, are demanding that others use language that denies biological reality. They're demanding that others use language that affirms an imaginary worldview. They're demanding that their hurt feelings determine how others must speak. While they demand that I respect their reality, they ignore that my reality includes not just me, but everything in the world. To advance a reality-untethered social and political universe requires the silencing of rational and moral arguments, and that, in turn, requires cultural oppression, known colloquially as bullying. Transphobe is the term of bullying art 
used to shame and silence anyone who believes biological sex has meaning and that it is more important than subjective internal feelings about one's maleness, femaleness, both or neither. A transphobe is anyone who feels it is a good thing for humans to identify as the biological sex they are and ever will be. A transphobe is anyone who believes that females are entitled to be free of the presence of biological males to whom they are unrelated by blood or marriage in places where they undress, shower, sleep, and engage in bodily functions. A transphobe is anyone who believes men are similarly entitled to be free of the presence of unrelated biological women in those same kinds of places. A transphobe is anyone who doesn't want to have a romantic or erotic relationship with a person or persons of the same sex who pretends to be the other sex. A transphobe is anyone who believes cross-dressing is wrong. A transphobe is anyone who believes harm is done to children when they are allowed to cross-dress, adopt opposite-sex names, and be referred to by opposite-sex pronouns. A transphobe is anyone who believes the medical profession should not prescribe cross-sex hormones to anatomically and biochemically healthy persons to treat their disordered feelings. A transphobe is anyone who believes the medical profession should not lop off the healthy body parts of teens or adults as a way to treat disordered and often fluid feelings about their maleness or femaleness. And a transphobe is anyone who believes that cross-dressing men should not be reading stories to or twerking in front of toddlers in public libraries. The chief tactic of sexual anarchists to crush their ideological opponents is to attach the word, or forms of the word, phobe, to any moral claim they, in their ignorance, detest. They detest the moral claims that homoerotic acts are immoral, degrade those engaged in them, and harm children, families, and society. So, anyone who makes these claims is called a homophobe. Even if these claims are expressed out of love for individuals, children, families, and society, the LGB community calls those who express them homophobes, haters, and bigots because bullying works. Trans cultists detest the claims that biological sex is profoundly meaningful, that private space usage should correspond to biological sex, that cross-dressing, cross-sex hormone doping, and elective amputations of healthy body parts to treat immaterial feelings is harmful. So anyone who makes them is called a transphobe because bullying works. While LGB and T activists and their collaborators claim to worship at the altar of inclusion, tolerance, and non-judgmentalism, and claim to loathe all shaming, marginalization, and taboos, they don't. They seek to shame, marginalize, and exclude anyone who doesn't affirm their sexuality dogma. They judge theologically orthodox Christians as sinners for their rejection of sexual insanity and justify their judgmentalism by asserting that they have no obligation to, quote, tolerate intolerance, end quote. What taboos will cultural regressives next seek to shame and eradicate? Polyamory slash sexual non-monogamy? Consensual adult incest, also known as genetic sexual attraction? Pederasty and pedophilia, now known as minor attraction or intergenerational love? Bestiality, now known as zoophilia? 
Soon, those ignorant, hateful, exclusionary bigots who don't recognize that love is love will be called polyphobes, kinphobes, pedophobes, and zoophobes. Shaming polys, kin lovers, child lovers, teen lovers, and animal lovers will be deemed analogous to racism. Next to arrive on the already defiled cultural scene will be activists for other, even fringier, paraphilias, Those who identify as sadists, masochists, infantilists, and voyeurs will claim that to live authentically requires no one disapprove of their peculiar habits. Normal people who yet have a moral compass and spine will be called sadophobes, massophobes, infantophobes, and voyeurphobes. A word for a moment about voyeurs. If no offense has been committed by men who through cross-dressing, hormone doping, and surgery are able to conceal their sex from women in women's locker rooms, then surely no harm is committed by men who through technology are able to conceal their presence from and peep on women in women's locker rooms. If deceiving women about the presence of men is hunky-dory in the case of opposite-sex impersonators, then surely deceiving women about the presence of men is hunky-dory in the case of voyeurs. Exclusion, per se, is not intrinsically bad, and inclusion, per se, is not intrinsically good. Disapproval, per se, is not intrinsically bad, and approval, per se, is not intrinsically good. Shame is not intrinsically bad, and shamelessness is not intrinsically good. The goodness or badness of exclusion, inclusion, disapproval, or approval depends on what is being excluded, included, disapproved, or approved. Likewise, social taboos, renamed phobias by progressives and pagans when they enjoy the taboo acts, are not intrinsically bad. I'm saying social taboos are not intrinsically bad. Every society has and needs taboos. Taboos are nothing more than volitional acts that society deems wrong and harmful. No society will or should eradicate all taboos, stigmas, shame, exclusion, or marginalization. The questions before any civilized society are, one, on what basis will some members of society be marginalized? Two, what will marginalization look like? And three, what volitional acts will be taboo, stigmatized, and shameful? Neither progressives nor pagans seek to eradicate taboos, shame, exclusion, or marginalization. Rather, They seek to impose and enforce their views on who should be excluded or marginalized and what should be deemed taboo and stigmatized. The trans cult is a solipsistic cult in which the self determines or imagines the world and nothing outside of or in conflict with this self-imagined world matters. This self-determined imaginary world is also an anti-Christian world in which evil is deemed good and good evil. In this world, expressing biblical truth about sexuality is taboo, and theologically orthodox Christians will increasingly and brazenly be shamed and pushed to the margins of society where they will be denied their right to speak freely, their right to assemble, and their right to exercise freely their religion. Don't surrender to the morality-phobic monster that prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour.